0: from the front lines of the Green Rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur podcast. My name is John Small, and I am the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. It's so great to have you with us today. We've got a great show. My guests are Josh Kirby and Andrew Lobo of Kinslips, And Kinslips are compact, cannabis-infused sublingual strips. They're designed to dissolve under your tongue and straight into your bloodstream in around 10 to 15 minutes. And it's nice because you don't have to wait around to feel the effects of the slips. And Josh and Andrew are the brains behind Kinslips. Josh is the chief product officer and Andrew is the CEO. And they're going to talk about why they started Kinslips and what the journey has been like Welcome to you both, Josh Kirby and Andrew Lobo. Thank you so much much. for having us, Jonathan. So I love a good origin story. So Josh, we can start with you, but tell us a little bit about how just Kinslips came to be, and then Andrew, maybe you can join in about when you joined the team as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, Kinslips really came to be by myself and our other partner, Ron Richards, really looking at the space about 10 years ago and trying to understand what opportunities there were within the cannabis space. Um, this was right around the time that Colorado and Washington both legalized, and what you would see then was this this really interesting thing happening, where all over the news, almost twenty four seven, was Sanjay Gupta talking about how amazing cannabis was for all these different conditions. And you would go into a dispensary, and you would find people looking for products, and only really being able to find like brownies and Saran wrap with Sharpie written all over them. So there was this really big disconnect between like what we knew this plant and these compounds could do and what was being offered in in dispensaries at the time. Obviously, the whole market has, has grown and evolved and the product offerings have evolved since then. But the real spark for us to go forward with Kinslips was this kind of realization that most people who are going to try cannabis are not interested in smoking generally like they don't smoke cigarettes in their life they're probably not cigar smokers so they're not going to start smoking to use cannabis they're going to want some smoke-free option and all the smoke-free options that existed don't really work the way that people want products to work they're really slow they're really unpredictable and you have to basically eat a dessert in order to get a dose of cannabis so we started looking around to see you know what other form factors there are that might be able to solve this problem how can we have a smoke-free or an inhalant-free product offering that's both fast-acting and predictable. And ultimately, we landed on the Sublingual Strip, and we've just been developing that ever since.
0: And Andrew, were you there from the beginning of this, or did you, you meet Josh? I wasn't, but I, I came through an interesting path as well. I joined a company that had the
2: same thesis as Josh's. Uh, it was a company called Olo. It was the direct competitor at one point in time to to Kinslips. And uh, it had exactly that same thesis with another entrepreneur who, who saw a vision of cannabis in the future and not just cannabis in the past and really wanted to to leapfrog the industry. And we eventually brought our two companies together in August of 2020. And that's how Josh and I started working together. But same vision, same excellent product. And we've brought the best of the two
0: things together and, and um, started working together. That's so interesting. So was it just a coincidence that you happen to both have the same idea or did you kind of know about each other? You know, I'd have to ask one of the original founders how much he knew, but I think we were probably both formulating in overlapping time periods. I
2: think the founder of of Olo might have heard of Kinslips. I might have seen some stuff in the market, but I don't
0: know um, to what extent his original ideas were founded off what Kinslips had done before. Right. And Josh, you kind of accidentally discovered Kinslips, right? You didn't, right, it was first going to be like a gum... It wasn't like you went in there thinking, oh, I'm going to do these sublingual strips, like sublingual strips, right?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. We had, uh, at one point, we had this whiteboard that we would toss around in the living room. And um, on it, we had, like, all these different product ideas that we thought could be cool and could solve this, this underlying problem. And we had them ranked on, like, basically, like, effectiveness and difficulty to do. And at the top of the difficulty to do... Like the the holy grail ended up being sublingual strips, but it was the hardest thing to pull off, we thought. And so we thought gum would be similarly effective, maybe a little less effective, but a lot easier to do because a lot of people make gum and nobody makes these strips. So I started trying to learn how to make gum. I did a whole bunch of research into that. I bought a bunch of equipment, I bought all the ingredients. I spent a bunch of time like mixing stuff together in the kitchen of the apartment I lived in at the time. And I figured out how to make gum. I figured out how to infuse it with cannabis. And then I realized that that gum never actually releases cannabis. It stays stuck inside the gum because it's all fat molecules and cannabis sticks to fat. So my plan was to try to put a candy coating on the gum and put all the cannabis in there so that when you bit it, it would break off and that would dissolve into your mouth. And then you could just spit the gum out whenever you wanted. And in the process of doing that, I kind of figured out a path to make really thin fast dissolving candy and was just like, oh my God, this, this is the product that we should be moving forward with. I now have a path to make these these thin film strips.
0: And those, I mean, in the kind of um, non cannabis world, a lot of times those are like mints, right? Like I, I see like like certs and stuff makes these little thin strips.
1: Yeah, that's that's most people's experience with them is sort of like breath freshener strips. Uh, those are basically just like super super thin, way thinner than ours, and they pretty much only have menthol in them along with the film forming ingredients. But outside of kind of just like dental care or oral care. The biggest use for them is in the pharmaceutical world. So a lot of Suboxone and other opioid type products are delivered through thin film strips in the pharmaceutical industry. And then outside of the U.S., one of the most popular ways to get uh, products like Viagra delivered is through a thin film strip.
0: Oh, interesting. I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit about how they work and what's the advantage of a sublingual strip to other form factors. You talked about non-smoking, obviously we know the advantages there, but let's compare them to edibles. What's the difference between a subliminal strip and an edible? Like what's the the science there?
1: Yeah. So the main difference is the pathway that they take to get into your bloodstream. So with cannabis and with most drugs, they're active inside your bloodstream. They're not active in your digestive system. That's not where they're They're working on your body. Even
0: if you swallow a little bit of it?
1: Yeah, well, if you swallow a little bit, if you take a kin and you just swallow it, then it's going to work just like an edible. There's nothing at that point that's going to make it work like a sublingual. Sublingual literally means under the tongue in Latin. So in order for it to work, the, the user has to actually put it underneath their tongue which is a whole, that's a, that's a marketing issue. That's not my department, essentially how it works is underneath your tongue, there's this um, membrane called your oral mucosa, and it's full of these little holes that connect it directly to your bloodstream. And when you place products that are formulated correctly onto that membrane, it holds the active ingredient directly down into your bloodstream. So you have this really direct path into the bloodstream where the product can start working right away. So you have it delivered down really quickly. You can start to feel the effects within about five minutes and you start to have kind of a full spectrum of effects between 10 and 20 minutes, depending on who you are and what your specific biomarkers are. Compared to an edible, when you take an edible or when you consume any kind of orally orally uh, taken drug it has to go through your digestive system and it gets processed by your digestive system and your liver before it gets deposited into your bloodstream. That process is known as first pass metabolism. And basically what that does, it moves the drug through a whole bunch of systems in your body that are specifically designed to purge toxins. And so what they do is they see these compounds as toxins and they have enzymes in there that are specifically designed to take them and convert them into other Forms of the molecule. So with cannabis, what can happen is you take the compound delta 9 THC, which is the main psychoactive compound that you use to to feel the psychoactive effects of cannabis, and your liver will start to uh, digest it essentially or metabolize it into other forms of that. And one of the forms it can take, the first uh, metabolite of that is delta OH11 THC, which is a much more psychoactive form of THC. But the conversion on that first pass metabolism is pretty random. It's really hard to predict exactly how much of it is going to convert. And that's why when you take an edible, you can have, even if you're taking the same edible day after day after day under the same conditions, you can have this huge swing in the type of experience you can get. One day you might feel nothing. The next day you might feel completely stoned out of your mind. And then the third day you might feel totally like exactly the high that you're trying to get. So it's really hard to make edible products because they have to travel through your digestive system first. It's really hard to make them consistent.
0: Even the fast-acting edibles, I know that that's kind of a new technology now, the sort of fast-acting.
1: Yeah, so fast-acting within edibles is interesting. You tend to see most of this technology popping up in the beverage space where you can really make particle sizes really small. And essentially what that is doing is you're making the particle size so small that it can pass through the lining of your stomach or pass the lining of your esophagus or pass through other parts of your body before it gets to the liver. So you're sort of jumping ahead of the digestive system. It's really hard to make that happen in a solid form of edible because even if you have the particle size, super small, it's still going to be stuck in a bunch of like sugar, flour, egg, butter, whatever you've got inside of that product. So you're not going to be able, even though you have the cannabis particle size is really tiny, it's stuck to this huge glob of other stuff that's not, that's still going to go through your digestive system. And then the the advantage we have with a sublingual strip in terms of like continuing to take advantage of the, all these new scientific breakthroughs that are happening in cannabis is anything like smaller particle sizes or encapsulation or anything that works to improve the efficacy of an edible is going to further improve the efficacy of a sublingual. So we kind of have a leg up in that regard. If our particle size gets smaller, it can travel through the the membrane a lot faster anyway.
0: All right. That's super interesting. Andrew, I want to talk about the merger and, and get back to business here for a minute. Why did you guys decide, Olo decide to merge with Kinslips and why is it called Kinslips and not Olo? <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think what the characteristics between any good
2: merger is there's some natural synergies in the two businesses. And this is, business combination. There, was, there were tons of synergies, I, I'd tell you. If you think, we thought about these two companies pre-merger, Olo had a, a state-of-the-art manufacturing facility. It had been in market maybe two years and had the ability to put out eleven between 11 and in the future 50 million strips a year that, through its facility. But uh, what it didn't have was a brand track record since 2016 of, of having the best sublingual product in the entire market. And so it was the second mover. In, in the brand space, but it was the first mover in in advanced manufacturing. And if you thought about Kinslips, Kinslips, as as I just mentioned, was they had a, a big customer loyalty since since it released in 2016. They had experiences that people uh, had been counting on since then in their in their four main line experiences and some of the ones that they even phased out a long time ago. And they really captured the the lifestyle brand that that is the longer term play for you know an investment investment in cannabis and in cannabis brands generally, is that you build a really fantastic brand. So Kinslips had that, and Ola was not there yet. And then if you throw into play the, the dynamics of retailers and that sublinguals were a small category and that retailers don't wanna stock two different brands in a relatively small category today, we thought about how can we consolidate and bring the best of both worlds into one product line. Kinslips was that line based on the brand, where can we do it? Let's do it in the Olo facility because the Olo facility is so advanced. We can advance the product. We can advance the formula, make it taste better, do everything that Olo had advantages in. Put those two things together and create a super product. And so that's how this merger really came together. And then if you thought about the teams, the people are really what makes this company work. We had the right fit. We had the analytical leader in me. We had the visionary and production scientist and product planner and Josh. Uh, we have a, a third business partner who's has all the, the business legal business development revenue skills you could ever want. And then we had when we brought back legacy Olo salesperson, who's fantastic, we brought in compliance person uh, from the Olo side. And this was almost a 50-50 team merger between two different companies. And one company brought the front end of the production process. One company brought the brand and really synced this together to make a, a really smooth humming
0: business. So between the two of you, Josh and Andrew, who, who's the sort of was and who's the Steve Jobs? Like, who's the tell me how you guys when you have two people at a high level like that and both used to, you know, be running their own divisions or your own companies. When you guys came together, how do you guys um, split the the responsibilities?
1: At this point, we've been able to really divide things up in a pretty clean way. At this point, my role is mainly to focus on manufacturing and product. So product development, R&D, making sure that we're staying at the cutting edge of all the technology that's going on. And I've been very fortunate to be able to relinquish all of the kind of like administrative biz dev duties and all of that stuff, investment and everything that is not really my forte to Andrew and and Ron, uh, which has been really great. Because that's not something that I've ever really been particularly comfortable with. I'm much happier sitting in a lab with beakers and goop and making stuff.
0: You're the mad scientist, okay? <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and to that point, I think Josh is spot on. There is my goal is to is to one get the right puzzle pieces, and then, then figure out how to how they fit together. And you know, I figured out Josh's skills really well, and I, and I know what he excels, and I know what I can throw at. And he and he can just run with and he's, and it works well because those line up to what he's passionate about. And I I like the other stuff where I'm open to learning new skills, taking on more of the administrative stuff, taking on the handshaking and kissing babies out in the investor market and doing the you know the fun stuff we got to do to really let other members of the team succeed in their core skills. So that's kind of where how relationships developed. I don't think there's really not a lot of headbanging up front of I'm this, I ran this company, I ran this company, I did this, we did this. It doesn't really matter because I think we're so aligned in our in our longer term goals together. That we we've it, once we isolated like this is the product going forward this is the strategy we hash those out in the first five weeks of the you know merger and once we're aligned on that everything else kind of just fell in place because we all we all have the same longer term goals
0: yeah that's awesome so you guys are in California now or where are you guys sold
2: so we are in California in hundred plus dispensaries all the major brand names that you can think of whether it's brick and mortar or or delivery and then we are throughout the country of Canada via our licensee Alfia Health
0: okay. And are there plans to expand to other states in in the U.S.?
2: There are no concrete plans. We'd love to. Uh, We'd love to find the right partner to go across the United States with. And we're always open to talking to more and more people about that. And there's some exciting opportunities there. And and if that's something we do before legalization, it's great. If it's something that legalization comes faster than we think and we can do it uh, by shipping the product, we'd love to do that for sure. And then we've got some international expansion opportunities in the pipeline as well.
0: Are you guys the only sublingual strip in town or are there in other states or are there other companies doing a similar thing or are there multi-state operators doing a similar type of thing?
2: There are no multi-state operators doing it. There is... One brand we've seen in Colorado doing it, and that's pretty much it on the cannabis side. I think in the hemp world, you'll see a few hemp strips that are kind of fly-by-night companies of people trying to make it in their kitchen and put it on uh, on these third-party retail services online. But those those come and go. It's as people learn, as Josh learned in his early days, that you might get lucky with one batch early on, but this is very difficult to make it at scale and to make consistent and to actually have all the attributes that you're advertising play out for your, your users.
0: Yeah, how do you, is that sort of your... Kryptonite against copycats, right? Like, cause every, like you said, you can have these kind of people coming in and saying, we do sublingual." you know, once they find out it's a successful product, they'll try to do it in their market. And how do you sort of protect yourself? It's not your IP, obviously. Well, it's your IP. You have your own kind of proprietary formula and stuff, but sublingual, it's such a hard word to say. Sublingual, I have to say it with my tongue. <laughs> sublingual scripts are, are not an original. So how do you protect yourself from competitors?
1: Yeah, a big part of it is just the difficulty in manufacturing it. So, there's a take they get to the scale that we're at and that is needed for most of these larger cannabis markets. There's a pretty significant capital cost for the equipment to actually make it. And then it's also just really hard to use that equipment. So, just to give a little context, thin film in general, is like maybe 30 years old, coming up on 40 years old, in terms of just its entrance as a delivery system for drugs. It's a really, really new delivery platform. So there aren't a lot of people in the world who have expertise in manufacturing it and developing products for it and understanding all the different ways that tiny tweaks or tiny changes on the production line or in the localized environment or anything can affect this. So really the biggest advantage we have is that we've got close to a decade in experience of me just making these things, you know, figuring out how it works. So anybody else who comes into this is gonna need significant amount of time to figure out all of the stuff that we figured out about how to make them taste correctly, how to make them, how to get high yields from manufacturing, how to keep your costs really low, how to keep your labor costs really low. That's really what it comes down to.
0: So tell me about what we can expect in the future from kinslips. What are the products that you have on the market now and what are what are you guys developing that you can reveal
1: publicly at this point? Do you want to take this one Lovo? Uh, take- yeah, I'd love to I'd love to tell you a little bit
2: about it. So, you are probably within uh, within a month of release of our our first uh, brand new SKU in a couple of years actually, a product called Clear Day which is we're we'll be bringing to the market that's based on terpenes and as well as in cannabinoids featuring THCA and CBD. For the most part, it's a non-psychoactive product for most people. It's uh, It'll have de minimis uh, THC quantities in it, and it's really good at anti-anxiety type feelings for the user, really calm you down. And it's good for like a workday setting, work from home, something like that, where you, you can't take a THC product during the day because of your job and what the implications might be there but this is something to really relax you while you, while you can still stay productive and, and do what you need to do so that's gonna be I think we think a big hit we are we are thrilled about bringing that to market because the user test so far and every every single person who's touched has, has loved it that one I'm looking forward to yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good one for me yeah ex- oh yeah you'll definitely enjoy it and then uh good for the
0: podcast yeah I, it's a little hard doing this this podcast after smoking too much weed so I think that <laughs> there was, you go. Was a really good it's a good one for me <laughs> and then we've got some uh, very
2: exciting products coming in the fall featuring single strain products. So really trying to bring a single strain concept of, of turning taking a of flower strain, getting the extracts and really nailing that strain, strain experience that you get from smoking or vaping and putting it into a, a sublingual strip and giving the user the exact same experience. So that's, that's in the works as well.
0: All right. So if people want to find out more about Kinslips or, or purchase Kinslips and they're in the California area, where should they go?
1: Uh, they can go to kinslips.com. There, all the information about our products is there. There's a whole bunch of learning resources. And then uh, through the website, there's a retailer locator. So you can just type your zip code in and it'll tell you the closest place to you that has it in stock. And if you're somebody who likes getting their products delivered, we're available on Ease all throughout California.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, Josh and Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us the fascinating story of Kinslips and best of luck to you guys in the future. Thank you, so much, Jonathan. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. and. Uh... Enjoyed it. Take care. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Write About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.